All right. I think I was going to talk about, well, I know what I was going to talk about. I had to do with uh, life coaching, a little bit about life coaching. And, you know, because I've been asked to do another life coaching course, so I'm going to. I'm working on the dates, probably be the end of October, somewhere around there. Um, because life coaching is one of those interesting things, right? How do you become a life coach? What is a life coach? No one really knows, by the way, right? It's kind of, you know, um, different organizations have different uh, ideas about what these kind of coaching things are and things like that. And I fall, and people ask them if I'm going to do this, am I a member of like the ICF, the International Coaching Federation, or any of those things? I'll defer, I'll defer to my dear friend, Tony Robbins. When people ask him, he goes, I was doing this 20 years before that stuff got invented. So I'm not downgrading my skills to work with the, with the group. <laughs> I heard him say that at a, at a thing. And, and when, when the coaching thing first got launched, a lot of us that have been around, especially if you've been in like, you had master level NLP training, you couldn't understand what all the fuss was about. Oh, it's like, that's what we do. What do you want? What do you, you know, what would this be? Like? How will you know when you have it? Well, if my bird yells, don't mind. You know, what about this? What about, I mean, it was basically, basically the, what we do when we're doing an NLP session. And some of the first coaching programs I kind of got audited or sat through, it was basic NLP stuff with a few techniques and a few things, a little bit of language. Um, so it was just kind of, so I never pursued any of that, any of that uh, stuff, even though it would have been a goal of mine to start the coaching thing when it first started, to start National Federation of Coaches or something, right? Uh, because it's all made up anyway. Um, so, so life coaching, you know, a lot of people want to become a life coach. And again, you got to begin to think about what it is. Uh, I've done a, I've done an NLP coaching course. God, that was probably 15 years ago. I did that and taught it a few times. And it's just basically slanting your NLP in a slightly different direction. But if you're going to do life coaching, one of the things you have to begin to realize when you're talking to people that if they want some kind of life coaching is they're, they're you know, what do they want? You know, and a lot of times the question a lot of people have is who are they? You know, especially in our current world going on right now, we're kind of, it's easy to lose who you are, you know, or your or your identities change either through your choice or maybe forced choice, right? You were forced out, things like that, right? But it, it's not just who you are. Are you who you want to be? This is where I think people kind of approach us, right? I'm going to make this kind of a condensed real quick version, right? And this is what we can help them with, right? Now, again, if you're going to do life coaching, what is your job as a life coach, right? It's not to be an expert at everything. Unfortunately, especially the hypnosis world and the NLP world is full of people that will be an expert at everything. Absolutely everything. I can do child hypnosis. I can do stage hypnosis. I can do, and they'll list like 12 things. And not that you can't do it a little bit, but it's like, what's your expertise? What are you really good at? And if we're going to model medicine or psychology or psychiatry, you know, 
a general practitioner will not do a quadruple bypass, right? Hopefully they won't. I mean, they understand the mechanisms, but it's not what they do, right? But a good general practitioner will send, will understand what's going on, help you with what they can help you with, and then send you to where you can get the heart surgery or the, what are, does that make sense to everybody, right? So rather than, you know, overstep your bounds, not that you can't life coach them, get them ready, and then find out where they, where you need to get, get them to, you know, and defer to the experts, right? Defer to the experts. One of the other problems I see in the general hypnosis NLP community, a little bit in psychology also, is it's the group that never wants to get help. Right? The group that never wants to get help. My friend, Dr. Butler, says medicine's the same way. You know, usually a medical doctor will only go to another medical doctor when they're damn near dead. Right? Because they can, they'll sell, as much as they say they don't, they'll self-diagnose. Right? And they can work around the prescription issues and things like that if they need to, right? But it's like, it's it's just kind of interesting. But we see that with hypnosis and NLP all the time, right? Where these people, and I've seen it in psychology, right? Uh, but one of the things psychology has that I do admire is when you're going through your residencies or your internships, a great majority of it is therapy on you, or at least it was in my case, you know? It would be you bring to your supervisor this client that's driving you crazy, and they'd always say, and what is it about this client that bothers you? What is this bringing up in you that you need to work through? Is this counter-transference? Is it transfer? What's going on here? You know, and then your first year, a lot of places then you have, uh, and this is what I did at the prison, <clears throat> which was in my clinical supervision of the social workers and the two other psychologists there, uh, was what I just said, you know, who's driving you crazy or your coworkers driving you crazy, right? What is it about this that's bothering you? So you've got a little bit of therapy once a month, once every other week, depending on the, um, in the prison system, I had, a, I had to do two a month on all the, all the um, social workers and the two psychologists, right? That worked with me. And then I had to go to the psychiatrist and, and do my clinical, they, he gave me clinical supervision. Does that make sense to everybody, right? But we don't, and then once you become a practitioner and the one guy that uh, came into the, came into the prison, but he was, came, he was the other psychologist. And he, he said what he missed about when he was in private practice is he didn't have anybody to talk to about this kind of stuff, you know? You're not supposed to go home and talk to your family about it, right? I mean, there's, you know, confidentiality, you know, rules of, of evidence, all the stuff you got to watch. Uh, but in the, you know, in a, in a lot of settings, you have that, right? Um, I know Dr. Millspawn knows about that, right? So you miss it when all of a sudden now you're on your own. And, and again, you go to a conference and sometimes I'll just say it, I say, Jesus Christ, this is the blind leading the blind, right? <laughs> you know? Some of the people, I just want to yell, put down the fork, step away from the plate, right? Try not drinking in the middle of the day. So, and I'm not hiding it anymore. This is just like, I just find it amusing, right? Uh, but anyway, so who are you and, you know, who do you want to be? And again, if you're going to do, I would suggest 
And I think I'm going to require this from the people who want to become life coaches for me or NFNLP is you've got to have a life coach yourself. And if you say you don't need it, that's pretty goddamn arrogant, right? Because you're if you're really doing life coaching, Billy does it and other people, it's you're it's it's kind of like what the National Guild says. We're dealing with the worried well. You know, it's good psych, you know, it's like we're not doing the the serial killers and the and, and that we know of. I mean, we don't know unless we're gonna go dig up their yards. They may be, um, you know. Or they may have classified documents in their in their closet. We we don't know at this at this tough crowd, man. Tough crowd. Lighten up. I'm getting. I got a month to get back in the groove. Then I go out of town again. So anyway, who are you know? People come. They may lose who they are, and they're. This is why they reach out. They're not who they want to be. Maybe physically, they're not at their weight, um, or or in their business world, or in their relationships. Wherever it is, this is where we're going to help them, I think, right? Generally. And again, you don't have to be an expert in everything. You can help define the problem outline, kind of like a consulting would do. You know, you're defining the problem. You're, you're giving what they need to do. You're helping where you can help. And you can send them to places where you, they can get the, the actual skill sets they need. Lately, and then I want to say, you know, there's only three reasons that people fail at getting this goal, who they want to be, right? I used to say there's two reasons, but because I do research, not officially, unofficial research, my unofficial research, that's still my favorite line because it just means I make shit up, but it sounds good. Um, but no, from talking to people, it's now I've added a third. The first is pretty common. You're not where you want to be because there's info you need that you do not have. Right. And we're seeing that like, let's let's again look at the hypnosis in the NLP world. If you're just coming into the field and you have no training or experience in that field, and now there's information that you need. You need clinical information. How do you deal with certain people? You know, what do you do here? You know, how are you going to stay in your scope of practice? Whatever it is, that's the information that they need. Then they may need marketing information. Again, if they come into the field and they've never ran a small business, you know, this is where we see the hypnotists and NLP people and coaches fail. You know, they fall for the line. Just once you get certified, people will magically show up. Or you take the right class, it'll pay for itself with all the clients you'll get, right? Um, so you need information. Now, you may have that information. You know, if you're going to coach hypnotists and LPRs, people in practice, you may have the information that you can give them, right? And then, or if nothing else, you can help them figure out what information do they really need. You know, the last, when I had mentors and that, there's one guy, I, he always stands out in my mind. He, he got stuck here. He always needed more information. This is where people get stuck. They want more information. He was ready to start his practice, but first he needed the, per, per, the perfect practice management software or system. Back then it was more like a system, right? And I'm like, dude, start seeing people, then worry about record keeping. Of course, I'm a toward big picture person. But he literally spent months trying to figure out the per plus he had another job. So it kept him from jumping in full time, right? Um, 
right? So maybe, you know, it's what information do they really need? You know, what information do they really need? So if they don't have the information, obviously they're not going to succeed. Now you can supply the information or send them to the person that will have the information that they need, right? And then that's where your job as a coach is, is to find them the right person, right? So you have to be willing to keep your information updated. Who's good at this? What do they really need? Let's say a person wants to get into shape and they need some basic, you know, physical information about physically training. Well, if they're just starting out, they don't need, you know, Athlean X kind of program, which is geared for uh, basically really hardcore athletes, right? They're going to get lost. They're going to get buried, right? And again, even when you're doing a private practice, this is what also happens. Every time I've seen a hypnotist fail with a weight loss program, it's because they focus on the food. They're just, you know, they're focusing on the food, right? And there's so much information out there, right? I mean, I don't think you have to go to your client, broccoli cheesecake, which is healthier, right? But I mean, it's kind of crazy. So anyway, do they, do they need information? The second reason that people fail is they know something, but they're not doing it. Right? Most of the people I work with, which are coaches and, and therapists in general, they're, they, a lot of them get stuck right here. They know what to do. They're not doing it. Right? They're not doing it. Then that's where skill set starts coming in. Because for some reason, reason, reason they're sabotaging themselves. You know? Why are you sabotaging yourself? What's going on? Are you, you know, so they know what to do, but they're not doing. It. So what stops them? I always use the analogy. I get people like this all the time. I don't understand it. I really like working out. When I go to the gym and work out, I feel good, especially when I'm leaving. But I just can't seem to get myself to work out. Okay. What's stopping you from doing, you know, and they don't know. They honestly don't know. Everything gets Everything becomes more important, you know? Uh, and this is where your skills come in, you know, do they have a strong enough why, right? Uh, to get them to do it. Because again, as our dear friend, I do my motion, our dear friend Tony Robbins would say, if you have a strong enough why, you usually will figure out a way. But you gotta have a pretty damn strong why. And by the way, everything I've ever done in the world of health, and changing personal lot of habits, health is not that important to most people. They'll say it's important. They'll say it's important. Or as my friend, Dr. B said, yeah, when they're strapped to a gurney with an IV dripping in their arm and the EKG going, they're gonna make every change. Two weeks later, they're back to Burger King and beer, right? Because once the, once the threat's gone, you know, you know, it's got to be a why, and it's got to be a bigger why, and what's after that, right? I posted a thing yesterday about me working out with the weight vest and weight gloves with my little McConnell there. I was uh, doing that, right? And I, I posted, what's my why? Right? Well, my why is, in a few weeks, I'm in a movie where I have a shirtless fight scene, right? 
And the guy said, you don't have to be in that good of shape. I go, yeah, but I'm an egotistical bastard. You know, it's like, I want to, I'm going to be in the best shape I can be. Right. So that's, that's my why. And I'm sitting there about, I was thinking about like bailing halfway through the little Tybo workout because you're wearing the weight vest and the gloves. And then I pictured there's going to be the camera. There's going to be the crew. And this will be, and as, as um, any actor will tell you, the difference between film and stage is this. You do a bad play, nobody remembers it. You do a bad movie, it's, it's there forever. Right? And we just saw an example. This was actually planned. We just saw an example with Tom Cruise from 1986 in Top Gun and Maverick, which was actually filmed, I think, in 2018. Because it, it's been in limbo for a couple of years. Right? It was supposed to, COVID stopped it from releasing. So still, you had over 30 years between the two. Right? So what's, you know, and, and people say, well, he's rich, he's famous. I don't know. We've all seen other actors that are rich and famous that don't. Maybe that's, I don't know, but he, that guy's doing something, you know. So anyway, but you, it, 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 you know, if you're a client, do they know what they need to do, but they're not doing it? And this is where self-sabotage comes in, right? Then the third reason people fail is what they know no longer works. Right? So what happens to most of us if we're stuck here, you're going to keep doing what doesn't work harder. Right? Did you adapt with the systems? You know, do you adapt with the current changes? We saw the biggest shift in when the world locked down in 20, where people were not ready to take their practice online. Right? So people, I mean, were people ready? So what they knew didn't work anymore. You know, I've been experiencing this for 15 years with um, when I came up and built nice little practices. It was all based on newspaper ads. And it worked quite well. I'd run a $1,000 half-page ad, $1,900 full-page ad. And rarely did those not fail to make money. Right? So yeah, I had to spend some money. But I, had to, I mean, my biggest year of advertising with newspapers, I spent $220,000 in newspaper ads, right? When I ran the three big clinics, but it made money, you know, but that doesn't work anymore. So I could be stuck here. It's like what I know no longer works. Now I have to learn new stuff, internet marketing, Facebook, social media, all this other stuff, right? And a lot of us are stuck there, right? And when our practices got shut down, I've been talking to some people, when the world shut our practices down, if you relied on word of mouth, they're finding there's a big difference between word of mouth when you have a brick and mortar practice than when you have an online practice. Online practices don't get the people don't refer as easy as they do to brick and mortar for some reason. You know, 
I think it was Scott McFall was talking about that. And they got, him and I have clashed over the years, but we've known each other 25 years. Uh, he, he, he's very good at what he does. I will admit that, right? And, they, and, he, and he has enough people that they can track, right? And the people he has that are doing the practices that are all online, they're changing, you know, how they do their marketing. So it's kind of interesting. So this is it. You know, either they need information, we can refer people out, or you maybe you've got the information that they need at the base level. If they're stuck, if they know what they need to do, but they're not doing it, what's stopping them from exercising, eating right, pulling the trigger on their practice, whatever it is, right? And that's self-sabotage. And then this one is what they know no longer works, right? I've been doing stuff again with weight loss with people and that's, people are saying that, you know, I don't get it. 15 years ago, I could skip a few meals, do a little, little bit of exercise and the weight would fall off. You know, now I walk by Dunkin' Donuts and gave them five pounds, right? Well, their bodies change. It's a different world, you know? And so if what you're doing, you know, maybe it used to work, but it no longer works, right? And so this, and again, our job, if you're going to be a life coach, is to give them the information or send them to where they can get the information, right? And so that is basically kind of life coaching in a nutshell. And then we break down all these steps differently. And so that's what I plan on, you know, and as many people know, my next thing is control the food. That's going to be a lot of fun. That's coming up um, September 20th, 21, 22. It's a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, 1 p.m. Uh, and then I have a prep day on a Monday and a wrap-up day on Friday, kind of uh, to get back into it. Because again, the reason I'm doing that, and then right after that, it'll probably be control the booze. And then, uh, then I'm doing the life coaching. Because part of this will be, if you're going to be a life coach, you need a little, like a general practitioner, you need a little bit of information and in everything. You don't have to be an expert, but you need, you know, I'll, I'll, def I'll default, default to medicine. You know, if you're going to be a general practitioner or an ER doc, you need a little bit of knowledge in a lot of areas. You don't need that, you know, inch wide, mile deep kind of information. And so that's, you know, and so then, you know, and I think what I'm going to do is for my life coaches, they're going to have to like review my, you know, control the food, control the booze, the sports that we just did. That's a good one for general life coaching, how to get good performances out of people. It was geared for athletes, but a couple of people were on the class. It was, it was very broad based with a lot of good information, you know. And most of the good information was brought by the other trainer, <laughs> Jeff Neal, right? So, but I, I, can I can defer to other experts quite easily. Okay, so let me, oh, any questions on anything? No, oh, wait, I got to put on my headphones. I can't hear anything. Any questions? Okay, I will stop the recording.